ESG, what should boards focus on? Where should they start? Sustainability is an issue that affects all of us. Investors and consumers alike are increasingly aware and challenge the status quo. To continue business as usual is no option. The issues related to ESG are multi-layered and complex. There are no straight answers. It can be overwhelming and daunting. So in this podcast, we aim to break it down, highlight key issues and ask Anna-Marie Slot, who was honored to be named the most innovative sustainability lawyers at the FT Innovative Lawyers Awards in 2021. What is it boards need to be aware of and what should they focus on? Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. In this episode, I'm thrilled to talk with Anna-Marie Slot from the global law firm Ashurst LLP. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Anna-Marie, thank you so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. Thanks, Sabine. I'm very happy to be here. At the end of last year, COP26 took place and uh, received a lot of media attention. You were actually there in Glasgow. What are the five key things, key issues, in your view, boards need to be aware of and integrate into their decision-making process? Yeah, no, I was at COP in Glasgow. It was a really interesting experience to be there and to see how the evolution is progressing in terms of people really understanding that this is a critical business issue, which I think is an, an interesting part of this COP because it, it really was a lot of business input and people there from a business perspective looking at it in that way. You know, coming out of COP from a business perspective and a board perspective, I think there's probably highlight is one awareness. This is something all boards should be discussing and all boards should be thinking about, right? The second thing would be as you think about it, as you make those materiality assessments, you know, it is that materiality point. Each board needs to determine what is material to your particular company in your particular industry, right? So it is, this, is, this is definitely not a one-size-fits-all question for boards. Number three is, I think, they boards have to embrace uncertainty on this point. This <laughs> is a changing landscape. Everyone needs to upskill. Yes, there are people who have been looking at this for 20, 30, 40 years. There are not many of them. And mm. if you think about all of the companies in the world and the number of people who've actually been looking at these issues for that long, everyone needs to upskill. You know, all boards need to upskill. And I, I think boards maybe find it a little bit disconcerting sometimes to not be the experts in the room. But this is yes. this is an area where you need to embrace that I'm not the expert and just figure out where you need to find more information. And then I think uh, my fourth point would really be you have to look at this as a whole of business approach, right? This is mm -hmm. the stakeholders all the way up and all the way down and all the way around. So this is not only your shareholders and the board, but it's your employees. It's where you fit in the business ecosystem. It's how your company fits 
whether you're supplying something or you're a services company, or you know, it, it is a whole of business approach that needs to be taken here. This is definitely not something that can be siloed into a single part of your business any longer. And I think the fifth one is really, this is not just a risk, but actually it is a big opportunity for companies who are getting this right. You know, to be best in class, to be first in your industry is a fantastic competitive position that boards can work with companies and try to make sure that that company is best in class and leading because these are issues that will become more and more important over time. And the people who get out there and do them right or dedicate time to investigating them now will really be in kind of a pole position going forward. Let's face it, and you said it really affects the whole of the business. So all these issues related to ESG are very complex and multi-layered. And let's face it, there are no straight answers, as you also said, because it's evolving as we speak. So how do boards can get a grip on it? And what mm -hmm. do boards need to do to prioritize? So it's a good question, right? Because you can't answer everything all the time. I think in terms of priority, the board really needs to take time to sit down and look at what is material for that company and what is material in that industry, right? And that will depend, right? Are you a services company? Are you manufacturing something? Are you using a lot of water? Are you using a lot of land? Are you dependent on supply chains? So you have to sit and say, okay, where are we standing right now? What if, if things change in the climate, what are our material risks, right? And I think that's a very difficult thing for boards to get their heads around because when you're doing strategy and opportunities, people are used to seeing the competitive landscape change but they have always assumed the physical asset base of the company is not altering. And you have to realize the physical asset base of the company is being affected by climate change, by social movements that are going on, you know, by things like COVID. I mean, COVID is a great example. If you as a board spent two minutes thinking, has the company go entirely remote overnight? You know, you thought about that 10 years ago and people were like, well, a few minutes to decide whether or not you could do that. That's a reality that everyone's now gone through. So you have to say, okay, if my supply chain is disrupted because of 100-year floods once a year, what does that do to how I structured my company, right? Mm -hmm. What does that do to how I think about where my inputs and outputs are coming from? So is that a material risk for me? If my insurance costs triple What does that do to our business model? Because mm -hmm. the insurance has now become so much more expensive around, you know, large climate events that are happening entirely on waterways. If water rises a foot, what does that do to my operations? If it rises five feet, what does that do to my operations, right? You have to sit and look really hard at what any of these possibilities could do. That's a difficult thing for people to get their heads around, but you do have to give, the board has to give itself space and time to actually think about this. This is not a tick the box and it's not something that anyone's done in detail before, but you have to really do look at the, you know, the physical asset base. If it alters, what happens? What does that mean from a risk management perspective? What does that mean to my financing capabilities? What does that mean to my insurance costs? What does that mean operationally? It is enterprise-wide. I mean, that's quite a daunting task, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Do you know, it is. And I think, I'm sure in some ways, 
boards tend to be constructed of people who tend to know the answers to things. That's why you put them on boards, right? And so that in particular is something, you know, going to one of my points at the beginning, you have to be able to be comfortable to say, I don't know the answer to that. And I need to find someone who does it. Uh, You know, I guess the second part of that is really looking from an industry perspective. There's a lot being of work being done by lots of different industry groups to identify and to help people understand what that means. So for example, if you're in the built environment in the UK, you know, the UK Green Building Council has put out what a roadmap to net zero looks like for the built environment. If you're in that kind of an industry, that's a great resource. You pick that up, you read that, you know, what does that look like? And and then how does that affect me? Am I a builder? Am I a developer? Am I someone who occupies? Do I have to retrofit? You know, there's lots of questions that will arise out of that, but you have to be able to embrace the fact that these are going to be questions that you may or may not have ever asked. You know, I'm just sitting here and wonder now, when I look at the clients we had and what we learned from the board evaluations, all board agendas are pretty full. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what you described there is not a simple solution, a simple task you can take off in a 20 minute slot on (laughs) in a board meeting. So what have you actually seen working here? How have the most forward-looking organizations integrated this into their annual board calendar? No, it's a fair point. And all boards are always stacked back to back. You know, I think we've seen boards take different approaches. Some boards, you know, respond to that by creating a subgroup that is the ESG committee. So like an Mm -hmm. audit committee or another committee. And that's how they approach it. Some boards have been putting it in the audit function, right? In the audit subcommittee function because of how it does interplay with risk management in particular. But I think the key there is when you're doing this, you have to keep an open mind. So whatever committee you put it in, you need to put it in a committee that does not have a silo mentality because it is something that affects every aspect, right? And that's the part that's quite hard because people are used to delineating, oh, well, this is what I have to think about and this is what you have to think about. But, But this really is a collaborative question really for boards. So I think there is a lot of time that you need to do to dedicate to this. I mean, I think if you've got boards who were around at Y2K, for example, boards found time to figure out what was going to happen with Y2K and come up with, you know, disaster planning essentially is if, if all their IT systems were to suddenly go down overnight. Right. So, and now boards have found time to discuss what happens if a pandemic keeps your mm-hmm. keeps your workforce remote <laughs> for extended yeah. periods of time. Right. So, this is that critical of a question. I think the challenge for boards is that they really have to consciously create the space for the discussion because it doesn't seem like something that you necessarily have to answer today. Right. But it yes. is something that yeah. you need to get in motion today what we see companies doing all the time, they focus on their biggest issue first, and then they realize there's lots of layers to it. So, I mean, it requires some specific know-how. What have board members done? What have you seen in order to get actually the know-how they need to address these issues? Yeah, I think people take different approaches to that. You know, obviously there are a lot of consultants now focused on that. My suggestion on bringing in a consultant to talk about that is, 
to your point about board's time, make sure that the consultants that you bring in have the skill set of what you actually want to talk about. Because, you know, there are people who will talk to you about how you communicate what's going on. There will be people who talk to you about the science behind it. There will Mm -hmm. be people who talk about the governance infrastructure that you need to be able to get to information. You know, I think you and I have talked before about data integrity. There's lots and lots of work being (laughs) done by companies around the world about how, you know, how do you get to the data? There's also actually a burgeoning group who are saying, well, rather than coming at this from a kind of company's specific perspective for data, maybe you come at it from, you know, a landscape approach instead where your data is collectivized and because you're in a certain company or in a certain industry in a certain place, you use standards or information that's live for for that group. What I mean by that, for example, is instead of trying to identify, for example, all the way into your supply chain, whether or not that person is in your supply chain is also causing deforestation, you would rely on, say, assessments from satellites that say Mm. that that area is being deforested. And so that way you don't have to get to the person and get a result from the person. You have to, you can see from some other kind of physical approach that data in a more, you know, if I'm operating in such and such area of the world, this is what those critical material changes are happening in that area. Okay. And uh, can you recommend maybe any organizations where explicitly directors can get information training? I mean, here in the UK, we have Chapter Zero, of course, who does fantastic work. Yeah, exactly. Chapter Zero is great in the UK. I think, interestingly, um, the business chambers in certain countries are super active in this area and looking to really provide that service to companies. So if in your jurisdiction, if you have a very active chamber of commerce, some of them do really good work on looking at, you know, what are the material issues in that area or for specific companies. There are lots and lots of industry-specific groups. So as I said, UKGBC is one in, in the UK. Those are replicated around the world in different places in different ways. So it really is a matter of reaching out to the board's network of connections and saying, you know, who do we think has real value and is doing real real good work here versus who is just talking about things in a kind of more generalistic way that, frankly, boards don't have the time for. So the board has now done the work. Let's assume they've done the work. How shall boards best go about communicating any actions and results, any outcomes from their work? Yeah, so that that is the key part of this whole process, that communication. And I think something that people don't really probably talk about enough, really, but it, it's going to be obvious sounding, but it needs to be intentional. What you're saying needs to really be intentional, and you need to have thought through what you're saying before you say it. So part of the challenge in the area of ESG and sustainability is that people use a lot of words in different ways. So people will say net zero, but they won't actually define for you what does net zero mean to them? Does net zero mean to them net carbon? Does it mean net GHG, which includes methane? You know, do they mean that they will be offsetting to get to net zero? Do they mean that they won't be offsetting to get to net zero? So there's no universal language at the moment. There's lots of organizations working on trying to come up with universal language on this. There are accounting standards being considered, SASB and and various other standards who are coming together to try to kind of create a language. There's the EU taxonomy, which you've probably you know seen in the press. It's about creating a language to understand what people mean when they say it. But when you are communicating, that is key. So when companies are communicating what they're doing around this, 
I think the real key is to just keep asking, what do we mean by that? Until you get to a place where you are crystal clear on what that means for you. So that if anyone asks, everybody knows. And that's not a one-time communication. That's going to be iterative and it's going to be a lot of communication. And I think for boards, it may seem like too much communication, but you know the ones who are doing it well are doing it consistently and they're doing it thoughtfully and they're doing a lot of communication mm-hmm. about it. So more than you would think you would need because they take it in in different ways at different times. And so it really is, it goes kind of back to best principles around communication. Fantastic. We're coming to the end of it. What are the three issues our listeners shall take away from this podcast? So three takeaways for anyone who just dials in at the end. That's always my favorite bit. I think my first takeaway would be to not be afraid to start because you have to start somewhere. And this is an area where there are experts But a lot of people have to get moving on this who are not experts. So you need to just embrace that uncertainty and start. And boards definitely need to start. Don't put this off till you know the second half of the year or maybe 2023, or we'll talk about it in 2024. Start now. Mm-hmm. My second point would be really, as you start, you know, rely and look to the materials that are being put out by Chapter Zero, the materials that are being put out by the business councils, climate scenarios that people are putting out. There is an enormous amount of work being done by lots and lots of people. Universities, the Grantham Institute is doing a lot. Oxford's doing a lot. Cambridge is doing a lot. Lots of people are putting out information, you know, engage in self-help and go find it. And I think my third takeaway really is it is both a risk and an opportunity here mm. for, for companies. And I think that opportunity maybe sometimes gets lost as people analyze the risk. But if you do this right, you are in someone's supply chain. And if you are the leader on this in your industry, that gives you a fantastic position as more and more companies realize that this is critical. It's critical now. It's going to be even more critical as the years pass. And if you want a sustainable, resilient company that 25 years from now can say, you know, we're still here and we're doing this the right way, that makes it able to endure. I think those seeds are planted today. Fantastic. No, fantastic insights for our listeners. So thank you very, very much, Anna-Marie, for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. You can best reach us at info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.